Lights. Camera. We're broke. Cinematic. There's no money. We're not making any money. What? No, no. But the summer is supposed to save us. No. Exactly. I guess there's, I guess there's nothing left this to do. This is a very but... depressing episode. I know. So I guess there's nothing left to do but roll that intro. That's right. We're just gonna roll that just, intro. We're just gonna oh, can roll we that the intro? intro. Like I don't even really feel like singing. I just feel like sing talking my feelings about how difficult the fucking pandemic. Can, can we afford? Is. Can we afford an intro? Can, can we, we still afford, afford an intro anymore? Probably not. <laughs> but look, for those of you that I told been, you we should have went to streaming. I told you we should have released. For those streaming. of you that are fans and everything, I just want to say the um. I want you to imagine the intro, imagine a silly song by me, and like a like a mental dance, and uh, and just use your imagination, cause we live in a world full of imagination. <laughs> you know what? I have to say, I, I, I have to say, Daddy Jenkins, right? You're just being fake. All three movies are fake. You look fake. <laughs> You're fake right now. Uh, that's just a joke. And in case anybody hasn't heard it, there, Patty Jenkins was recently. I think her her um, her her things was okay, but she recently got a lot of flack for saying that she thinks streaming movies look kind of fake and don't look real. She feels that they are subpar to theatrical movies that release in theaters. Uh, that's. I mean, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, I'm all for Patty. Great, you know, um, Patty. But, I mean, I think that's a crock of shit. Here's the reason why I say that's. I think that's a crock of shit. The only difference between a streaming film and a film in a theater is the fact that it's a streaming film. Nevertheless, it's the same amount of people that worked on it to put it in that streaming service. I think that there's a lot of butthurt going on right now because... (laughs) You know, theater experience. Some people are just, you know, you can buy the you can buy the theater chairs, have them in your home, not leave your home, and you know, worry about getting the ick from some jackass that refuses to wear a mask, which is a whole nother conversation. So sorry, Patty, but you're full of shit. I'm sorry. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. And that is from my hostess with the mostest co-star. Woo. Rick Acevedo, Hi. Cinemagic Podcast. Of course, it's me, Jonathan Guandua, since we didn't introduce ourselves before going into a patty <laughs> before this week. But it's great because we are talking about something that Patty was talking about time of the day, the summer box office. There has been a lot of things between streaming and theaters and whether or not theaters would be around. And so we're doing our own little wrap up, mm-hmm. taking the numbers, taking a look and seeing how did this summer Hand out. Were our predictions correct? Were we wrong? Who knows? Because we did this before summer came out. And honestly, Rick and I, even though we're very intelligent, we know the news, we know how the business works, Mm -hmm. uh, just like everybody else in Hollywood, this summer is kind of like, we'll see. Right? (laughs) Summer is like, oh, we'll see. We can make predictions. We shall see. But it's a we'll see summer. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, I'm going to say, for the movie industry, I think this has been 
probably their most difficult years. And I say even during wartime, World War II, when they were still going, people still got all their news and went to theaters. I, I well, think because, this but, but you got to, but you know, in, in looking at it in context too, like in the, you know, during World War II and stuff like that, you know, um, you know, because propaganda was such a big thing, you know, you had the newsreels, you had the movie tone newsreels, which what was what happened before you would get, you know, you don't have that now, really. You have movie, but mm. um, you had the movie tone newsreels. So it, it was a time where when people went to entertainment, a lot of times they did it to, to keep themselves informed. Um, not that the news didn't exist because, you know, people had radios and stuff like that, but it, it, to keep themselves informed and get those visuals of their favorite stars, mm-hmm. you know, doing USO shows, doing tours, uh, you know, getting a look at how manufacturing was going for, uh, you yep. know, wartime materials and everything like that. Make the effort. Come yep. through. The, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so it, it, it's even then... It was a different time because although there was a fear, it wasn't a fear that was so, like the kind of fears that we have now, where it's like, did that guy just cough? Did that girl just sneeze? That sneezing does not feel, excuse me, young lady, you cover your damn nasty nose. And, and And just as I said before, uh, and I know theater going is ingrained kind of in a lot of cultures around the world, but that's because when movie theaters were coming out, theaters were the only place to watch them. No one had televisions at home. Uh, you had to go to a movie theater to watch it. We got used to it. But as technology changes, how we consume these things naturally changed with it. And so I always think this is for the movie industry between what's actually happening globally and just society versus what's actually happening with technology. Right. This is probably some of the most difficult time for the movie industry. Um, uh, uh, really, really when you see that. Uh, and so <sighs> we said it ourselves, we made some predictions, but we really had to wait and see. I mean, <laughs> we just really had to wait and see to see how this all came. And I think we had some surprises. Some things I think that we thought was gonna end up real well did and some things we did didn't do as well. Uh, you know, it's 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 all interesting. I, and I, and, and I'm, I I'm really excited to kind of talk about it. I think, too, you know, we have to look at the fact that the numbers are, they might seem lower, right, on the domestic and international um, box office. However, you have to understand that with the streaming agreements, chances are those numbers were a hell of a lot higher. However, you know... With no, just a few, it. with a few exceptions, we're not going to know that because the studios don't release those figures. They don't release how much they made on streaming. But you know, uh, we know Black Widow. We know a little about well, Black, Black Widow. Widow. Black Widow, exactly. They made I think it was a hundred like last count, one hundred thirty million or something like that, or one hundred twenty-five, mm. something to that effect. When I last heard of it, and so if you look at that and you go by those numbers, it's like. I mean, they're making something back, just not quite what they, they're used to. Like, th- those ideas of... And it's almost kind of, like, depressing. It's like, yeah, this film made over $3 billion in the international box office. And when you go from $3 billion to, like, you know, $310 million, it's like, in con- you know, yeah, they're huge numbers, but in context, it's actually, like, terrible. <laughs> it's so yeah, depressing. Um, 
And, and a movie that we're going to talk about later, probably today, Song Chi, which has done at the time of this recording phenomenally. Eighty-five um, million in the in just in one weekend. Yeah, with, like with it, it's, no, it's actually over ninety. It's projected over ninety. With no like, with no streaming at all. With no streaming. Yeah, over it's gonna be projected to do like you said eighty five over ninety. It's already done fifty six million overseas, which is pretty good for this weekend as well. Yeah. So probably gonna be probably end up being for at least domestically the biggest movie of the summer. Um possibly the year. If you really if you look at where it's at and what's I'm a, coming. I'm a, I'm I I'm gonna tell you probably not. Because I'm I'm gonna surprise you. What do you think the biggest movie of this year has been? What do you think? Worldwide. Worldwide over the year in terms of performing, mm-hmm. uh, man, I don't know. I mean, if because if, if I'm looking at domestic, usually um, worldwide. What do you think the best worldwide has done? Sunshi will probably end up the best domestically, but I don't know if it'll be the best worldwide. I don't think it'll be the best. What's worldwide. what's been the best worldwide so far? So number one, sitting at this year in a pandemic, which by the way, again. Ridiculous. Only releasing in several markets, one of them being China, is High Mom, an original Chinese movie at $822 million. Um, that only released basically in uh, China, like Australia. How in the uh, hell did they... <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I could see that. I guess I could see yeah. that. So, I mean, again, it's a movie we don't even know of, and we talked about the importance of international markets. Uh, that has outgrossed any movie. The second movie... So far this year to come close is Fast Nine with seven hundred and ten million. Well, Fast Nine, because um, I have the domestics pulled up here. Fast Nine um, only did like hundred and seventy-two. Yeah, hundred and seventy-two million in over four thousand screens. Which actually good for the pandemic. Great for the pandemic. It's great for the pandemic. I mean, you know, but we talked about this when you have that many screens, it's. Any other time, it would have been an underperformance, but because it's the oh, pandemic, it's, it's actually a huge over. You know, it's it's huge. It's a huge performance. Huge, yeah. huge Context huge. matters. Uh, there's been like, uh, especially in America, some tweets going around and showing well, Shang Chi opened lower than some other Marvel movies that have opened, so therefore it's a failure. It's like, no, context means everything. Shang-Chi. Context means everything. So it's done phenomenal with what was going on it's not it's not <laughs> just only done phenomenal because like audience reaction matters too yeah and I, you mm-hmm. know um the level of positive feedback that that movie's getting yep especially for audience reaction and interaction is massive yeah. and that actually helps enormously yeah, I agree 100%. Um, because it really kind of brings it down to what it's supposed to be, which it's a movie. You go, you freaking enjoy yourself, get your popcorn, whatever. Um, it's That's really kind of what you want out of it. And that gives you a feeling, you know, not to obviously get out of what we're talking about, you know, too much or get away from that. But it gives you a feeling of normalcy. And I think the more those numbers go up. The more of a feeling of, of normalcy that you're going to have within what's still very much a, a pandemic heavy, you yeah. know, uh, period. Yeah. It, you know. So, yeah, if you're reading this and you're seeing people online saying Sunshi did bad and they may not make another one, that's that's BS. Bullshit. That's complete it's, bullshit. It's, it's done phenomenal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
It's probably going to end up higher than Black Widow, probably going to end up higher than Fast 9 domestically. Uh, globally, we'll see. It's done well globally, but we'll see. Um, Fast 9 and Shang-Chi globally have different things to deal with. Delta Delta variant going everywhere and more than shut down. So we'll kind of yeah. see globally if we'll beat Fast 9. But I think that um, domestically, especially, it's done phenomenal. Right. I, I just no, think no, it's going to be... It's going to be probably in contention for top three. I don't know if we'll beat number one because I can't foresee any. Domestically, movie. Sitting, at number, movie domestically sitting at number seven right now, by most yeah. estimates. So it's already broken into top 10 domestic territory, which should tell you exactly what the performance was just for a top 10. Uh, oh, yeah. And I mean, some films that were released this summer, like, for example, um, Space Jam. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck all you LeBron fans. Michael Jordan will forever be the king. All right, motherfuckers. Uh, uh, even as a, even no, someone who's a fan, I'm, of LeBron, I'm, dude, I'm throwing the shade and not, I'm keeping it there. Uh, no, that movie did. That movie did not knew what it did. Instead of instead of being an actual movie with LeBron and the Looney Tunes character, it was just a product placement for Warner Brothers. So that movie had way more problems. Than about it being with LeBron. That movie just was a bad movie. Okay, so uh, <laughs> total gross uh, domestic for for LeBron's um, movie. Sixty nine, dude. Sixty million, and it had a four thousand screen release. Now, if you were to gauge it, basic based on you know what returns like that would have been it would have probably been about four or five times that amount so technically mm -hmm. you know it would have been a, a film that did okay in the box office and right now that's yep. sitting uh where's lebron sitting at it's actually sitting in the as a top 10 performer for the summer you know mm -hmm. so that would be like the top 10 domestics that i have and i don't know how they like they stack up with your international ones are Black Widow at number one at $182 million. Yep. Yep. The Fast Sag at number two, $172 million. Yep. Uh, quiet Place Part Two. Uh, it was so quiet, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> Come on, man. Everybody has to make that joke. $160 million. Um, Jungle Cruise. All right. $106 million. I want to check that out. I love the Jungle Cruise. Um Free guy at ninety four million, which is interesting because like I keep hearing all this buzz about them making a second free guy already, but you know it, just looking at how free guy was made and and what it must have cost budget wise, and I don't have that here. Let me see if I do. Can you look up the budget for free? Yeah, guy? I got it for you. Awesome. So the budget for Free Guy was uh, about a hundred or one hundred twenty-five million. They're thinking. Well, that's a lot lower than I thought. One hundred to one hundred twenty-five million. So, so the worldwide box office is one eighty-two. One eighty-two. So it's close to breaking even. Mm -hmm. uh, not including obviously whatever, because I believe you can buy it on streaming. Can you not? No, it didn't come out on streaming. Did it, it come out on streaming? No, so okay, it. okay. Um, that's weird. Uh, Cruella at eighty six million. Shang that did come out on streaming. So it probably made another good one hundred twenty million. Who knows? 
Uh, Shang-Chi at 83.5 million. Space Jam, I'm not even going to call it that, uh, 66 million. <laughs> the Conjuring, the Devil, oh my god, no way, The Conjuring, you gotta love, you gotta love The Conjuring universe, man, it's like that little... Hey, it's, it's Warner Brothers, it's Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, Warner Brothers has made so much money off the It's Conjuring ridiculous movie. how those movies just sneak into to shit that you're not expecting, it's like, mm -hmm. holy shit, The Conjuring, you know, good for them, man. I'm, I'm not like a Conjuring, like a huge Conjuring fan, but um, $65 million. And then The Boss Baby, okay, uh, $57 million. And these are uh, between 3000 and the majority of them are 4000 screens. Um, mm -hmm. Shang-Chi is 4,300 screens, which is like a ridiculously high amount of, of screens, yeah. you know, um, and then on the top 20, everything from Suicide Squad to the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard and, uh, Snake Eyes, Don't Breathe. That's <laughs> about, that's about like people with breathing problems. So that's a COVID heavy movie. I, I do. Did did really did Snake Eyes even get to the top twenty? Did Snake Eyes even get the top twenty? Dude, Snake Eyes did. It's it like right at twenty. Right at oh, twenty. Right. You know what that movie's about, right? It's about this snake that has eyes. <laughs> uh no, uh so I, I, you know, and so those numbers that partially that you're reading, and mm -hmm. I know when we have to look at pre pandemic, just to give everyone a sense of what the summer box office was in 2019. The top being The Lion King at 524 million, about 525. Toy Story 4 at 431 million. Spider Man at 386 million. These are, these are you know, the top. The, domestics, the, right? Domestics. These oh, are all God. domestics. These are, these are literally all domestics. So you can see how much the box office, even though it's recovered, you know. What was you, number one again for 2019? Lion King. Five hundred twenty-five so, million. So, literally, the box office to put it in perspective is at a third of where it was in two thousand nineteen. Yep. Which Black Widow at one eighty-two, which is the highest grossing so far. Um, it's just it's just over it's, a third of of of, uh, of Lion King. Of Lion King. You know what they and call I mean, it goes that? From you know what they call that? that? They call that the circle of life. <laughs> And I mean, honestly, because you even have Aladdin making $354 million. I like that joke. Uh, but really, you have like John Wick uh, sitting at number six at 170, uh, a million, right? 170 million, about 171 domestically, which was great for the John Wick franchise, right? Mm -hmm. But you, if you said a Marvel movie or anything else, that would be not even well, close. Well, John Wick was <laughs> at number six, you said, with how much? 171. Million. So, yeah, Cruella made just, like, half of that. Yeah. And so you can think for, you know, I'm talking about Aladdins and Lion Kings with 350 millions and everything. So you can see how much the box office is still hurting. And one thing I want to remind people, a lot of these summer box office movies were made with 2019 numbers in mind. Some of these were supposed to come out in 2020 and didn't come out in 2020. You know what? You know what? You know one that hasn't even come out just yet? Um, and I must have seen like 37,000 times the preview for it. To the point that I even asked, I think it was my son, I said, Hey, whatever happened to Kingsman? 
Kingsman, Kingsman's Venom, great. dude, Death, Ghostbusters, Dave. Top Gun, uh, 007. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, 007. It's like, Venom. oh, cool. Like, I get to see James Bond, and it's like, no, no, you do not. Because here's the thing, too. Um, and a lot, and I think that we kind of briefly went over this when we first started talking about Summer Box Office. We said, we talked about this, certain films of certain franchises under no circumstances are going to be put on streaming at any point in time while having a normal box office run. And I think that that has a lot to do in part with the mentality of, no, because that is not who we are. And I think that that's probably what Patty Jenkins like maybe referring to in like the most inaccurate form possible. Of okay, if it's a Marvel movie, although technically Back Where It Was released on streaming, so that's maybe that's not a good comparison. But any film, like for example, like like Ghostbusters, but Black Widow was the test. Black Widow, Black was, Widow the was the test. But I'm saying, like, if you look at yeah, but Black Widow is not the same. Like, it's not the same as saying a major character or an amalgamation of characters. So, but if you if you look at um. A franchise that's iconic, that has this stood the test of time situation like Ghostbusters, mm. right? So it's like, no, under no circumstances are we going to do that. So you see these like 007, you see these little, you know, these, these like sort of island onto themselves films where everyone's saying, okay, no, we're not doing that because... Maybe we can bring it back or maybe we can make money even with social distancing guidelines and all the shit that's going on, the variants and everything. In spite of that, we can make money enough to either break even or give people that feeling that shit's normal again. Like Ghostbusters, you know, Ghostbusters coming out almost makes it feel like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of normal again, man. Let's go watch Ghostbusters. Like, wow, you know, that sort of idea that that it's kind of like a little bit of normalcy because it, it's totally abnormal to see a 007 film on first run in streaming it's never happened the same thing with an iconic flick so i think that's that's kind of the mentality if i had to guess behind that to to say that you know obviously uh streaming films and and films in, in theaters are two totally different things that's absolute bullshit because they're streaming films that are um, you know, and I'm gonna say this: there have been streaming films that were way fucking better than anything you would ever see in a theater. I mean, yeah, let's not let's that. not fucking t- sit here and talk and sit and talk like, oh yeah, it was great. Yeah, and 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 streaming has given so much more creativity to things that you that you'll get to see that wouldn't have been seen if there were just worrying about the theater distribution model, which is why before streaming ever existed. You already were seeing certain movies disappear from theaters because they weren't making enough money, and they in studios weren't interested. In doing yeah, it. exactly. If you're going to make the invest, like people need to understand one thing: if I'm going to make a twenty or thirty million dollar investment, and I think that this is where a lot of people are at, if I'm going to make a twenty or thirty million dollar investment, not that it's usually a single person making the investment, but you know you have an, a, like various investors and people like that, mm-hmm. um, then. I got to figure out how to make that money back or at the very least how to not take a massive loss. Yep. Because 
what we're not factoring in is like the screen rentals. We're not factoring in the money to you know to to promote it and stuff like that. Look, if I have twenty million and I have five million to promote it, maybe that five million dollar injection will work a whole hell of a lot better in a deal with Netflix or a major distribution service or a major mm -hmm. uh, online uh, distributor. You know, however, yeah. however that goes, because why in the hell? Why, you know, why am I going to do that? And it still keeps people visible and it gives the, it gives the person who matters, the viewer, uh, an option. And it, mm -hmm. it is all about giving options. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's not cool to just want to keep people in the same play area just yeah. because you... You need that twenty million dollars so you can get those, you know, uh, gold shoelaces from, you know, <laughs> godly godly horse hair. I don't know. I, uh, that, yeah, you know. No, I agree hundred percent. And um, so a lot of these movies that came out, and we mentioned this in our preview, were supposed to already be out. We pushed mm -hmm. these things back. Yeah. All and 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 most people who again don't know business, these movies that they've had that they're pushing back already paid for. Meaning if they made them in 2019, 2020, they're paid for. Yeah. They're making no money off of that movie at all. So they're putting all this money in. They're making no money out, right? So you had to just write that off already, uh, which which is a huge burden. And then when you put these movies out, whatever money you spent in advertising before, you have to respend to advertise them now again. Like even Shang-Chi just went through, a, 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 I was just reading, uh, from like Deadwire or something, they went through another $11 million social media buy like a week or two before its release, like to oh. try to up it again um, from all its advertising. So like this, these things become prohibitively expensive. On what we're looking at, on what we see as, as like viewers, mm -hmm. it's easy to say, hey, they spent $200 million. Like, we throw those numbers around, but the fact of the matter is, like you said, it is prohibitively expensive, and you're talking about every, almost every one of these films at this level really mm -hmm. being something that is um, in, 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 like an industry on in and of its... Like, each film is like a small industry that's feeding... 15 to 20,000 people at a time employment wise. Yeah. So you're you have to really understand that dollar for dollar that's a lot to mm -hmm. spend. So if you have a 4 billion dollar studio, right? Mm -hmm. And 200 million went out and it's not yet coming back in and you haven't been able to license anything beyond just, you know, get getting everything together for what you're doing. And stuff isn't coming in because the economy has gone to shit. Because obviously it would with a pandemic. Kind of mm -hmm. hard. Like yeah. really hard. And honestly, despite everything else with Scarlett Johansson and Disney, if you think of it, I think what's really great is giving us a view on these contracts that we usually don't get to see. Yeah. A lot of these things are hush hush and mumble. No one gets to see them. Uh, <laughs> there's there's non-disclosure agreements. If you don't know this about the entertainment industry, let's just say it now, there's non-disclosure agreements everywhere. Like there's things that you just cannot talk about at all. And that's why people don't talk about them. They le legally obligated to not talk about. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and for people and for people who think they know what a non-disclosure agreement um 
might look like a lot these non-disclosure agreements that Jonathan and I are talking about are usually between 50 and 60 pages long mm -hmm. so this is not like something that you actually have a, a thoughtful understanding of because you know again if you're safeguarding multi-billions of dollars you want people to shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> so that's why yeah and that's why i kind of love this lawsuit to see a little bit behind yes, what yes. disney's doing at all like to even get those streaming numbers of how much profits they made off the opening weekend of black panther streaming uh not black panther black widow we never would have gotten if it wasn't for the lawsuit disney would have said nothing right like right like mulan didn't say anything. Cruella, they didn't say anything. No. But Cruella's getting a sequel. And to me, I really think Cruella must have done really well on streaming to get a sequel. Right? I heard that Cruella had honestly, and this is what I heard, but I'm not 100% sure of how, you know, how accurate that is. I heard that Cruella had broke, you know, some pretty, like, stiff uh, streaming records. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know, I like, I, I'm real careful when i hear it broke records on streaming like what do you mean it broke records because streaming at the level at which we're seeing it now where you're actually paying for things is fair and in this level like it's a film like it's a movie theater mm -hmm. streaming is fairly new that way so what records are we really comparing it to and then cruella but I heard Corella had made like a lot of money, maybe more than Black Widow, but those numbers were never actually released. I think it'd be really cool to to see what streaming numbers are like and yeah, how they're broken down, you know? Because Corella made two hundred and twenty two million worldwide. Domestically it only made eighty six, right? Right. But the budget is somewhere between a hundred to two hundred million. Meaning, even if the budget, let's say, was 150 million on the stops, 120 million, at 222, they probably would just remotely break even. Maybe, like they're probably still taking a loss on there. So, in order to already greenlight a sequel, I was like, streaming had to do very well. Like they had to see some money in yeah, it. Yeah, they must have. They must have been like, okay, we made at least a million back, so that's a million more than we had. Something to that effect, or at least we broke even. We got it back. We can stay active. Um, you know, the funny thing is, and I think we discussed this before, um, prior to 1977, prior to Star Wars, actually the summer box office was like the doldrums. They would only release, um, shit in the summer. Um, I don't, was Jaws a summer or winter film? I don't recall. Nope, Jaws is a summer blockbuster. It was a summer Jaws blockbuster. Jaws was before Star Wars. Jaws is like the official summer blockbuster right, star. Right, but it was... There was really only those two kind of films right there. Before that, it was not what it is now. Where no, no, no. Jaws was put in the summer because they didn't have faith in it. Yeah, like up through, right. up through up through that, it was like. But even after that, they released Corvette Summer too. Like you know, like I think it was in '76 or '77 that they released Corvette Summer, um, which isn't definitely like it's a great undergrounder, but it's for all the reasons that, you know, obviously the title implies, but, um, <laughs> but, but so, but you know, summer box office prior to that was not the time that you went to actually see. So in, in looking back at those times and looking now, it almost feels like 
we're back there at least financially just because everyone's living this pandemic nightmare they were sort of coming out of on the other end a little bit not a lot but um it's just odd how it almost feels that way and just nothing seems to be able to change that i mean yeah. I'm, I'm 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 optimistic with uh shang chi and, and everything that's coming out after like ghostbusters and stuff like that like i'm very optimistic there but everything else is just kind of like mm, let's you know and, and i think the most interesting thing with shang chi and black widow i think is going to give disney uh what they do moving forward i'm going to say after these two movies because black widow despite everything else was a test case if we did it in a marvel movie in streaming how well it would do i think that was the test case and i think black widow was the smart move out of like Black Widow or Sun Chief, I wanted to do an experiment in, I probably would pick Black Widow. She's not in any future movies. She's not really going in and face it's, it's the goodbye. Oh, yeah. It's the goodbye. I think. Goodbye. I yeah. think. But that's the easier one to put on streaming. Yeah, and I mean, Shang-Chi's I wouldn't the put the Eternals on streaming. See what happens. I wouldn't yeah. put the Eternals on streaming. That's for damn sure. Um, exactly. Like if you're if you're Marvel and you're like, I got to put one of these movies on streaming to figure it out. Black Widow is the one you test it with. Like, exactly. you know, you're not putting Eternals. You're right. You're you not do putting it right. Exactly. You put, you do, you wait the Eternals. You know, you, you wait on that stuff out. And like, but I think, and this is just, just a passing thought on this, that the thought process after Shang-Chi, which is not as known a character. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Eternals, yeah, they're sort of known. They're not as known as Black Widow and stuff. Because, you know, you always have, like your core characters, but then you have characters that some people might have never heard of. Shang-Chi is one of those characters that you may not have heard of unless you're a die-hard fan of the comics. Mm-hmm. If that's performing the way it's performing now, after all the stuff that they had to put up with, and it's got 85 million in right now, it's like sticks, sits at number seven, in the summer box office, which is essentially over, just on yep, one, one week in performance, one week in performance, the thought process might be, okay, we might be able to get back to doing solely box office, slowly breaking even, and then going back to profits over just because the crowds are rebuilding. Obviously, I'm sure they're watching the pandemic and how... It's unfolding, especially with the variants and stuff like that. But I think that that's what this uh, summer has done. As you stated with Black Widow, it was a perfect test case to see, okay, if we do need to depend on streaming, how is that streaming really going to work for us? If I, if the film makes $200 million in box office, can we make up what we need to break even on streaming? Or can we even make enough for a solid take, you know? Yeah, and I agree. And so I think, and it's interesting because Marvel's been doing a lot of like, why did you see this movie? How many people came with to the movie theaters? And really testing this movie to try to gauge audiences and reaction and how many movies they've seen before. Because I think what they're really trying to figure out is, okay, so we got we got Black Widow. We saw what it did its opening weekend with being simultaneous. Like, we got Sun chi 
how much money did we leave on the table by not putting it on stream? Right? Like, here's that, here's that question too. People are always saying like, people are saying right now, it's made so money, so much money, maybe theaters are back. But I'm like, Disney's also gonna look at it like, okay, made this much money, but Black Widow made this much money. How much money did we leave on the table? And obviously we have what Disney said Black Widow made on that opening weekend. Again, we don't know for sure. <laughs> Never tell no. us the exact no. truth. I think, again, when you look at new movies and what they do would be a better indicator than the actual thing, um, than anything else. But that's going to be interesting because I think, I think Disney and Marvel are going to be looking in that case too. How much money did we leave on the table? I think. Like, right? like how much money did we leave on the table? I think studios worry about money, everyone. I, I, but I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Studios, for the most part, where beforehand, studios 100% had to make money and they had to make big money to stay in business because they didn't have parent mm -hmm. companies with the exception of Paramount having Gulf and Western. And eventually that led to a whole chain of events. Um, obviously, Marvel has Disney and all these mm -hmm. other studios have someone else. Now... Here's where it gets really interesting. It's different if you had two films or three films that made money or that, mm -hmm. that lost money to the point where it could be a crippling disaster for a studio. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because at that point, a studio was going to have to rely on the next film or that big winter release or that big summer release to save them and get them through. That is what mm -hmm. ETD, you know, did essentially for Universal. That's what Jaws did. You know, yep. a lot of, you know, these films were making the money that they needed to make to either keep the studio thriving or save it. Now, it's a matter of the parent companies are looking and saying, look, we're not going to inject a ton of money here if you're going to be one of our lesser money-making ventures. Yep. It, it works, you know, they worry about money, but now they, they it's like, weirdly, they have to worry in reverse because it's like, we're not necessarily going to be closing down. No, that's not going to happen. We're just no longer going to be a priority, and that's a problem. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think it's interesting this summer because we had animated movies coming from Disney that just went right to their Disney Plus. Yeah. Right? Like, that were also there in Disney Plus. May have not made a splash on the box office, but Disney hasn't seemed too disappointed Right. And so, so I think this pandemic has also proven for Disney that Disney doesn't need movie theaters as much as movie theaters need Disney. Yeah. And, and I mean, if, and like they could drop it and make their money like they could drop it and make their money. But, you know, and, and but you got to look to, you know, the amount of value that their library has just because they have. Endless and endless and endless hours of of freaking um of freaking content yep. like that's the thing you know you got so many hours of content dude it's 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 like hey look we make our money on films without even worrying about whether the films are being seen on the streaming service or not you mm -hmm. know like that's and and that's getting to a whole different level altogether so obviously with Disney, it's a little bit different, but I agree with you that they're probably observing this, especially this particular summer, which is like the first summer, you know, the year after the, the mm -hmm. height of the pandemic, where the, you know, the, the climate is completely different in, in several respects. So it's like, okay, 
we the first year we weren't ready we we kind of took baby steps and figured it out also if you think about it um to them you know to for disney at least for uh you know prior to the pandemic really it was november when they not november but yeah wasn't it november when the, november of 2019 when disney plus came out about then yeah which yeah is like no four months yeah four months prior yeah, to the was... pandemic so Yes, they had and it a was massive a safeguard. They had a massive safeguard for all their properties right there. And and during the pandemic, Disney Plus is what made them the most money, right? When all the theme parks were shut down, uh, <laughs> releasing things on Mulan and putting it for thirty bucks, people thought no one would do it, and people spent there to the point that I think what's the most interesting number is even the sixty million of Black Widow uh, in streaming. They're like, listen, we made people who had already ascribed to Disney Plus, meaning they already had to spend fifteen dollars to us to then spend $30 to us. And we made 60 million off of that alone, right? Yeah. Like we, we didn't have to pay any sharing with movies. We didn't have to do jack. They have to now pay us to see our movies. And I think it's interesting to see, again, the question would be with Shang-Chi, yes, it made money, but how much money did they leave on the table? Could they have made the same or more during the same exact period by also releasing it or exclusively releasing it on Disney Plus, uh, that would be a question absolutely, that I think would be absolutely. I think so, and but you know, again, I mean, I think that this summer box office has done one thing to it has shown us what what certain films can and will do that have stood the test of time, whether they're franchises or parts of you know bigger moving pieces and stuff like that, and it or has still shown doing us excellent. Us what films are you know were sleeper hits and mm. what films absolutely sucked and would have sucked under any under any respect i think that's and, and what's still proven with the summer box office is horror is still a good go-to from the quiet place part two being on top of the list oh my god even right. candy man breaking records and don't actually breathe. Candy Man horror movies still doing pretty horror movies even though they're not in the top 10 or anything when you think about the relatively budgets and being in the pandemic, they're still doing relatively well. Uh, the horror movies are from Don't Breathe Two to Candyman to all of these are really doing well for the budget that they make. None of them are over a twenty million dollar budget, and they're all at least made double it. Like you know, what I mean? during the pandemic, I mean, Candyman is looking at it's already made like forty two million, and it's at number fourteen. Mm hmm. You know, but honestly, I I love Candyman the first time it came out in 1992, so the original. So I yeah, and so far Candyman, um, it's it's reported at 25 million, and it's made 52 million worldwide so far. So it's already doubled its money, uh, you know, on a smaller little franchise that came, and that's not even one of the biggest like you know uh, horror of the summer. That's just one of them. So there's still even during a pandemic, performing fairly well. I mean, Our movies are still performing I think, well. I think that the performance of A Lifetime was turned in by, um, what's this one called? Um, Escape Room Tournament of Champions. That's, <laughs> that's real? That's the sequel to Escape Room. Right, which, I mean... Did you not, did you not see the original master classic that was Escape Room? Where they turned Escape Room into a deadly... Uh. <laughs> no, you know what happened with that is I was invited and then I had better things to do like take a gigantic crap. Um, 
Yeah, but I was even surprised with how much money that made during the summer. Honestly, I thought like movies like that would crash and burn. But even twenty-five million for what is essentially a very small uh, movie. Now check this out: the total gross for uh, Kong and Godzilla vs Kong was a hundred million um, box office wise. I think. Oh yeah, that's total uh, worldwide, I believe. Godzilla versus Kong. Let me find it. I know it, it got like a hundred million because that was still during the height. Worldwide box office four hundred sixty-seven. Well, about 468 for worldwide. Domestically, they made 100 mil. So domestically, it didn't come in where they wanted it to, but internationally, it did well, uh, really well. Of course, coming from China, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, mostly coming from China. Which, again, the biggest movie of the year, coming straight from China. Uh, (laughs) None of us heard uh, about usually here. It's somewhere international, but you know, it wasn't even released in the United States. No, it like, was not. It, wasn't even released the it was States, it so. was streaming in the United States, correct? Hi, mom. I don't no, know no, no, that no, no. Chinese. Oh, hi, mom. You mean yeah? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't think it was released anywhere but in China, and it's still the biggest movie. Again, showing how more, how much more China matters. Uh, I think that's the reason Shang Chi is even out in theaters. Honestly, versus Black Widow is, of course, for the Chinese uh, connection and making sure to keep that in theaters because in China you can make that money. Um, you know, and we know that we've talked about that several times here, uh, <laughs> and the importance of international box office, including China. Um, uh, one thing I always like to tell people, like you know, it, it, it Chinese tastes are mattering very much to the global box office, uh, from what movies we're going to decide and everything else. It's mattering so much, uh, especially during the pandemic, where a lot of us in the Western world are closed up. Talk down, maybe in streaming theaters aren't doing as well. In China, they're still thriving. Um, I think in in part is because the um, the entertainment apparatus in China is, um, I mean, it's massive, mm-hmm. and they know exactly what they're looking for, and they know exactly how they want to present it. Um, you know, I think it just it gets to that point really where. You know, you have to understand that you're not, you're no longer competing in a domestic marketplace, where all no. the cool movies are the, you know, the movies that everyone wants to watch, are being, you know, released only in the United States. That those days are gone, and they've been gone. That's why you hear worldwide, and you hear the numbers that you hear. Yep. You know, because it's a, we are in a global marketplace now, people. You know, like it's you know it's not what we used to. You know. Yeah. But yeah, like the Conjuring, the ne- the recent Conjuring, its budget was like close to forty million, and I know domestically you may say, well, it made like sixty-five million, so it may have done that well. But yeah, worldwide it's at two hundred and one. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> so, so to put it in context. It's made about $60 million worth of profit. Hooray yeah. for the Conjuring! Woo! Yeah, like, you know, yeah, and it, and it does, and they're doing well. Um, uh, that. Were there any surprises for you this summer, like something that performed better or worse than uh, you expected? Oh, man. Um, I gotta say... <sighs> Let me look at my handy-dandy list. Um... I gotta say, I'm a little surprised of how well uh, Jungle Cruise has done. Not because it's just 
you know, when you see a film that's about a, a ride, you're normally kind of like, this is really not going to do well, you know? Those pirates. <laughs> we're in a both pirates world where there were billion dollar movies. Yeah, so, well, you're right, you're right. And then I'm kind of surprised about Free Guy because I heard a lot about Free Guy, like a ton about Free Guy, and I was like, it seems like it's not doing as well, and it seemed like there was like a lot of interest in that, and it just seems like it's sort of fallen a bit shorter, even though supposedly a, a sequel has already been ordered. I don't know how much of that is true and how much of that is rumoring innuendo, but yeah, those, those are really my big surprises, honestly. Numbers, Numbers-wise, you know, I don't know. Number-wise are two. I'm going to do both superhero films. Number-wise, Black Widow, I do think underperformed in the box office. I do think yeah. that under $200 million for Black Widow is still surprising during the pandemic. Right. Uh, and I think and I, and I think even with the streaming numbers and anything else, I think such a big temple Marvel movie as Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson, who has all the star power, if anybody was going to bring people out to the movies, it should have been Black Widow, honestly, right? Sure. Uh, to kind of overdone that. So I'm surprised of how underperforming it did. Um, and then secondly, I'm surprised how underperforming Suicide Squad did. Um, it yeah. was the most, most watched on HBO Max. It got great buzz. Rotten Tomatoes audience liked it. Critics liked it. Just It just couldn't bring people out. I don't know if it's just cut timing of the pandemic, but we see Black Widow do better and Sun-Chi do better, and it was in the middle of both of them. So it's kind of like, eh, I don't know, man. Before them, it did well. After it did really well. Don't know why you couldn't even free guy did way better than it in the box office you know uh so sometimes it's just kind of like eh, I, don't, I don't know why you couldn't get that out um Elgis Alba still a star john cena still brings people out and fun uh i i don't know just people hating the last suicide squad so much that they just said i won't see this one um and maybe it was mostly just online that all the people who were on the fence just <clears throat> only saw on hbo max uh, but I'm just surprised how little I that think, one did. I think the problem with that one, too, though, is you had people that really absolutely hated the last one, but then you had a small contingent of people that absolutely loved the last one, which, you know, I guess to each their own. But I, like, the problem with, I think, superhero, you know, comic book-based films is they split the audience up, especially when you got all these, like, really die hard comic book fans that are just will argue what the guy was wearing in the comic book versus the film so you know but how could they not love polka dot man and weasel i dude i totally agree with you like i i can't argue that point because i love polka dot man and 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 now while king king shark like there's so many great characters it's such a good movie um, I'm that one is surprising to me, especially, especially the Zack Snyder DC fanboys. I, I I'm I'm surprised didn't push this movie higher. I mean, you know, after <laughs> after that one that you made me watch, freaking asshole. Um, after that one that you made me watch, I think a lot a lot of people just just weren't, you know. Yeah. 
you know what? I think you bring a good point. I, I never even thought about this. Yeah. Because of it, and I know you don't want to name it. No, I don't. But the reception amongst DC fanboys love really loved that one. But the general public, I don't think, was down for it, found it too long and over pleading. And I think that may have actually, I think, hurt Suicide Squad because they may have been thinking more of the same. Because 1984 wasn't as good um, as the previous one. Like, that one was really a letdown for a lot of people. And then Zack Snyder's Justice League was a long plotting mess that let a lot of people like, who wants to watch these things? And Suicide Squad itself was kind of, it looked long. I got to admit, when I pressed play and I saw it was over two hours, I was like, ugh. Like, I immediately was rolling See, my eyes. I, but for me, Enjoy. Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, like, you got to take it for what it is. Like, a lot of, look, superhero movies, you got to take them for what they are. It's something that you go see to just sit down, eat your popcorn, and enjoy it. It's about superheroes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Yes, but '84 wasn't enjoyable, and neither was Jack Snyder. No, Justice. super. No, yeah, I don't want to talk yeah. about Zack Snyder at all, or yeah, Mortal so Kombat that, either. That, that may have actually hurt Susan. People may have just been like, "I think so." Eh, DC stuff is not good, right? Like, it's the last two have really not been. But see, the, the problem, the problem with DC though, and and like, you know, the other day I was watching. They're ama- They do amazing television. They really got that shit. Uh, my wow. partner and I are re-watching Young Justice because she's never seen it and she loves it. Uh, so we were just going through it. Oh, I love... Did you ever these. Did you ever see um, The Return of the Cape Crusaders and Batman vs. Two-Face? The ones that were voiced... Yes. This is the last two roles that Adam West ever did. Yes. That he did voiceovers in. Mm. That was 100% camp. Mm-hmm. But holy shit was it perfect. Because it was exactly what it needed to be. And the problem is that sometimes you can't do that past television or you can't do that past animation or just the just the pieces aren't there. And, you know, you can't expect the same... Like, if, if I'm looking at Batman one way in, in an animated series or whatever, but then you got 30 different people playing him and doing an interpretation of him that goes down to just who like actually does it better which is the whole different argument for a whole different podcast and you see this and it's just like it's it's obviously the, it's, the it's too damn much like theory. you got too many goddamn moving pieces and you want to do a four-hour film and that shit does actually leave a long-lasting effect because it's like <laughs> yep. a, a you're not that consistent because no. you're the films in your universe may be connected but they're not really. The characters are connected, but you don't have, you know, you have Aquaman, who's great in a, in a solo film, but then seems to be sort of just largely ignored here, kind of. You the have, personality change. You have mood. personality change. There's like a darker mood in this film than you saw in Wonder Woman. You go mm. with, from Wonder Woman being like this incredibly empowering film, for women in it, not for women, but, you know, about, there's like this incredibly empowering feeling when you watch Wonder Woman. And then all of a sudden you bring it back and it's like, love allowed me to fly an invisible jet with my own mind, but I only needed the love. It's like, it's all about the fucking relationship. That's all it's about. Uh, uh, and, and, and Wonder Woman committing rape too. Really weird thing to do. Uh- <laughs> I mean... Like, 
you know, I'm not going to say no, but whatever. <laughs> the dude couldn't say no. That's why it's bad. No, and I agree. And I, and, I, and I think, like, Zack Snyder's Justice League and the discussion. I think that had a long-lasting kind of negative effect. Yeah, and I feel like maybe that actually hurt Suicide Squad. It just literally threw the whole conversation around DC kind of like yeah. it. Which I think is sad because that's probably the best DC movie that's come out in a while. <laughs> I, really I agree. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. And and the problem too is you have a reboot with some awesome characters. The problem is it looks exactly the same. And mm. people automatically, if it looks the same, are going to default to it's a sequel. And they're trying to do Zack Snyder. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a completely different movie. Yeah. Like so, and to finish up here to wrap it up, what do you think that's gonna happen with movie theaters going forward? Right, COVID cases are not going down. Let's just be honest; they're they're rising in the U.S. like crazy. Other countries may be the same, but the U.S. they're rising like crazy. The Celebrity Day numbers are higher COVID cases than they were the year before. Um, Sung Chi is doing real well. We've seen some well, but again, to 2019 pandemic. These numbers aren't comparable, right? They're way below pre-pandemic. Uh, so we know we still have a long way to go to get pre-pandemic levels. If they're going to ever be pre-pandemic levels, because we still don't know what studios are going to decide about streaming. So we have all these things. <laughs> After seeing the summer box office, since we have a little more of it, what do you think what's going to happen? What do you think the future is going to be? I think that the future, I think that eventually... It'll come back, but it's obviously going to depend on how this progresses. But getting back to specifics, I think that one of the things they're going to do is they're going to stop renting as many screens. I think that it might actually go back to the old business model of maybe films like the international release versus the, the domestic release um, is, is going to maybe be a little bit more separate. Um, you know, I think that they're probably going to factor in how many theater rentals they really want to do into the budget a little bit more carefully and just say, okay, I don't want to do 4,000 theater rentals. Maybe I want to do 3,000. I think that might be, um, a part of it. Like they'll probably have a, a fun little equation on how, um, they can probably do less theater rentals and have like a breakdown of everything just you know here's how we can make up for it in streaming so mm. that might actually help the expenditures go down a little bit when you're talking about that you know i think that there's going to be a, a greater discussion about it but i think they're going to wait till the end of the year till all the numbers are in you know, and figure that out. So one thing, and we didn't talk about this because it really didn't set any, um, I don't even know if it got in the top 20 at all. Let's just summer box office, 26. The Green Knight, uh, which is a good film, A24 Green film. Knight, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's 26. So it's not even the top 20. So that's one of the reasons we didn't talk about it. But I think when I'm looking at movies like this and I look at Disney, I think there's going to be a hybrid model in the sense. Like, the Green Knight only opened in theaters, but then they did, like, one or two special screening nights on streaming where you could buy a ticket and stream it. And then it was still only in theaters. So, therefore, it didn't technically impact as 
theatrical run. And also people got to see it streaming if they wanted to. They only did like one night only or something. But I think maybe we're going to get into more of a hybrid model of sort of like that. Like, okay, we're going to leave some theatrical windows open. So for like the first week or two, you're not going to see it at home. But after week two, yeah, pay this money streaming online. <laughs> That's it. No we're doubt. just going to pay no it. Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No so doubt. I think the theatrical window is just really going to get much, much shorter. So I think that we're not going to get same day like we did with HBO, even though I loved it. I loved it. Oh, I don't yeah. think we're getting same day, same day out. I th I don't think it's even going to be months out. I think it's going to be weeks. I think it's going to go down to first two weeks theater after that streaming. So just wait a couple of weeks. You're going to get it on streaming. Um, so because I think uh, I, I think there's still going to be hesitancy as things arise and things change to go to movie theaters. And I think with streaming numbers and what they're seeing, even releasing with Disney releasing numbers and stuff like that, people aren't going to leave that money on the table. And and right now, these movies are getting too expensive for people to keep leaving on the table. Like, they're not moving James Bond anymore. They're like, October set. We're not moving it anymore. Which makes sense, because they're just literally losing money on it at this point. Uh, well, <laughs> and it's and, and also, that's usually when they release Bond movies anyway. It's like uh, around closer to winter, you know, uh, fall, winter yeah. time anyway, so. Yeah. So, Venom, which they've moved several times. They said they're not going to move anymore. So I think that you're seeing these movies that have been moving away from summer that didn't release this summer because they were afraid. And seeing these numbers, you can see why they were afraid. <laughs> Some of these movies want to make 200 plus million dollars. And definitely right now, no summer box office movie made more than 200 million dollars domestically, not one. Uh, so, you know, your top five used to always make over 200,000. Now they're not even ones breaking. Like, you know, so, so now you have to really think about, okay, where can I make this money? If I'm not making it in a movie theater, I still have to make this money. Somehow, right? That's the end of the day. Yeah, I somehow, somehow I got to get that, that scratch back for sure. You can scratch back. Uh, so I, I, I think it's going to be a, a shorter window. They're going to make the money they can. And then all the people who are still not going, we're just going to see it quicker, quicker into it. Yeah. Quicker into yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't think theaters will ever disappear, though. I think theaters will always be a part of our lives, I, you know, obviously. And I think that there's still going to be a contingent of people that are going to push that uh, that envelope just because they love those big numbers that are visible um, and whatever. But I, I, I agree there, there there could definitely be that that shift. You know, there's definitely there's definitely like the room is all there. The, the moving pieces are there. It's just a matter of working it out to where it's like feasible. Yeah. And I also think the importance of the worldwide box office we've talked about how it's more important than domestic has only been strengthened during the summer box office. I mean, if you oh, look at every God, movie, yeah. it's the, only the world, been strengthened. The worldwide box control. office is what's saving everything right now because it's, it's an important part of the equation now. It wasn't before, you yeah. know? So, but yeah, now that like, shift to, and when I say worldwide, yes, worldwide is important, but I should be more specific. China itself, from the importance of China in the movie industry, has been more highlighted by this pandemic, I think, as well. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. And I say worldwide, and worldwide is sure it's everywhere else, but China is still such a huge movie-going market and still spends so much money on our movies uh, that a lot of those worldwide box office, a good 60% of it still comes from China. Right? So China is still this huge, important figure uh, when it comes to yeah. these totals. 
that the, the importance of China has only strengthened, right? It's only become even more important as these movies uh, uh, have been out, which have a lot of them, uh, even though more than so before, have relied on really China to really make that money. No, uh, no, so yeah. even more than before. So I think streaming and China are going to become just so much more important to the movie industry going forward. I, 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 personally to me that's what i think no i i there's there's no disagreeing with that dude there's just that's a fact that's not like anyone that doesn't actually see that like this isn't even about seeing the handwriting on the wall no the wall's been written on yep that's yep. just only in this case it's the great wall of china that's been <laughs> written on you know what i'm saying do you think anyone's gonna break 200 so no summer movie broke 200 million um and let me see i don't want to do by season let's do year to date uh domestic box office for 2021 uh i haven't done the whole year has anybody broken the whole year so black widow is still the highest grossing for the year so far so I don't know if any movie, Shang Chi may be the first movie to break two hundred. I think Shang Chi has best that that best chance of doing it going into um, into this season. I think that um, Bond Bond is sort of a pick'em. It might uh, it'll definitely do it worldwide. I don't know. I don't know if it'll do it domestically. Yeah. Um, I want to cheer. I want to cheer for Ghostbusters because I'm a Ghostbusters fan, and so I think that maybe, but we'll have to wait and see. I think the yeah. Eter the Eternals might have a good chance at it too. Yeah, because I know everybody with the Sun Chase now. Like movie theaters are back. Everyone should just put their movie oh, theaters and, and on. Oh, and Spider Man. Um, wait, isn't Spider Man coming out this year too? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest I, I don't think so because things just keep changing I just well, I what's don't the even, last I... release date that they said <laughs> or, um, uh, I'm checking or... right now um, December 17th so that's what it's on track okay so that's not really one that we should say could break not in those two weeks anyway I... It could. It maybe could. It maybe could. But Depending if it breaks, if it breaks December, okay, so here's 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 what I think we should probably look at. If any film can break two hundred million within two weeks of theatrical release, we are on track to seeing the normal model still be more predominant. I don't think streaming is gonna disappear and take a back seat again, especially after deals that were cut mid pandemic. No. But I think this is where we're at. No. No, so, I agree with you. I think Sunshi has the best view. I don't think anything's going to crack 300 million, though. I think 300 million. No, 300 is, million is not a realistic expectation. Not not this year. Maybe next year. But not not right now. No. Not, not. No, I don't think 100. So 200 million, I think, is the one that you have to crack. 250 million, maybe. Uh, I think that will be the top, but I think 200 million is still a, a hard ceiling to crack right now. Yeah, I think like if Black Widow didn't do it, it's not. Black Widow didn't do it. Fast Nine didn't do it. <laughs> Those are. But, but you have to think. But you have to wonder what would have Black Widow realistically done? Where, where the role reversed, and had there been no pandemic, you know, what would Black Widow really have done? Because, I think. 
I don't. I don't know that it would have. I don't know that it would have been at the level of everything. Look, I don't mean this in a negative way. I'm just saying, character-wise and stuff. There were a lot of cool things in that film. Like I love David Harbour as the as the Red Guardian, and I love the um, the girl who played her sister and stuff like that. But the character itself, even though it was a goodbye, the goodbye had already been said. So it's a prequel technically. So I don't know. But it's just my thought. And I could very well be I, I, wrong, so I don't know. I think it would have, and I think I think it would have done. It would have done better. <laughs> Probably I mean, done anything. Better. Space Jam, Space Jam would have easily made two hundred million, though. So I mean, no. no I, and I when really... I say would have done better, I think more people would have been interested if they got to see it like two years ago or a year and a half ago. Uh, okay, then yeah, two okay, years, yeah, ago. no, that's, yeah, like yeah, two years now. Know. I think the interest with Black Widow kind of just went away. Like it was just kind of like, eh, who cares? Black Widow's been dead. We've all moved on. There's shows out. No, like, you know, we've all moved on. So I think that it would have done better earlier. And the longer that they waited, the worse that movie was always going I to be. I think do. the one thing that they did do with that is they, they built massive interest towards the Hawkeye show. Mm. That, that right there is what I keep thinking. It's like there's going to be a lot of interest in that show. And I mean, for anyone who wasn't wa- hasn't watched it, you know, watch it. You'll know what I'm talking about. John, you know hey, what I'm talking you, about. Do, do, do you really think people are going to watch the Hawkeye show? Hawkeye ain't Loki. He ain't Cat. He ain't. He ain't. He ain't the Winter Soldier. He's not Falcon, and he definitely ain't Wanda. <laughs> Wanda got a show before his ass. Like, oh, it's, it's not. Like, it's not because of him. Trust me, it's not because of him. It, it really the hell isn't because of him. Uh, I, I think if they're gonna have um, the girl who played Black, Black Widow's sister in it, um, the possibility of it, and uh, you know, and what they're building to with what's her name, played Elaine on Seinfeld. Why am I blanking out on her? Oh, Julia yeah. Louis uh, Dreyfus. Yes. And and the way she's actually showing up on everything, and she's just like an evil Coulson. I think that there's some there's gonna be something interesting there, that it's just gonna it's gonna be a building block because that's really also a wrap up. They obviously gave him a show because he wouldn't have been able to wrap it up in a film. That wouldn't have been the same thing. I mean. Look, no. Jeremy Renner seems like a really cool enough guy and everything and whatever, but Hawkeye in and of itself has always been kind of a of a grunt guy. He's not like Green Arrow comic book universe wise. He's not nearly as complex or, you know. Yeah. And I and, and, and listen, I read Hawkeye comics the, the the last run. I love Kate Bishop, uh another Hawkeye her her name is Hawkeye. I love Kate Bishop. I love So I I'm, I'm a comics fan, but I think the show will have to be very the first episode has to be very good like it can't be middling it can't be like okay it has to be very good to keep people interested in a hawkeye series i think the first episode has to literally I, hit us out the park I, I think the trailer i think the trailer has to hit us out the park or hawkeye's done i really think the trailer well so i far, think hawkeye's gonna be done anyway it. though i don't like what would they do with hawkeye it's just my deal. There's know. interesting stories in the comics, but of course, comics don't relate to MCU because Com- you different. know, comics, comics, never different come, comics never come around. No, and, and and they don't really do it in DC either. If if you watch Doom Patrol, which I cannot freaking wait to watch the new uh, season of Doom oh, Patrol. Yes. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows, man? I think I think it's gonna be an interesting. It's gonna be an interesting uh, rest of the year. That's what I think. So. Yep. And so we'll, we'll, we'll do another probably wrap-up for you guys on just 
box office and theaters going probably after the next season's done just take another look yeah see what's happening what went on uh because you know you love films like we do all this is fascinating and interesting and it really does impact our the business what we do make films all this (laughs) so we have to talk about it and think about it because all this is impactful uh so uh thanks for joining us for this longer than usual episode uh but you know we had some great things to talk about we did. Thank you for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. And, um, you know, definitely join us next week and every week. And if you haven't done so already, tell everyone about our podcast. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your aunt, tell your uncle, tell that cousin that you don't like very much. Tell the, the people in your local groups, whether they be theater groups or Whatever groups you're into, Pokemon, I don't know. Pokemon's great, yeah. too. Love the People with bad movie takes, send them our way, man. We'll help them out. Yeah, right. um, tell, all the, tell all the trolls, the unhappy trolls. Look, we got our own personalized troll, and we love our troll. We love the trolls. And if you're a troll listening right now, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, we all. appreciate your support, and we mm-hmm. hope that our appreciation of your support does for you what nothing else apparently does and make you happy (laughs) (laughs) we understand we're the source of your happiness we are the source of your happiness and if hating us makes you happy then hey hate us every day as much as you possibly can as long as you like share and subscribe Like, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, you're leaving on um, Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you're getting your podcast from. Leave a comment. Really does help. Yeah, and we really do enjoy it. So thank you so much. Uh, of course, from Cinemagic Podcast. Have a great Labor Day weekend for all of our U.S. people and any workers around the world. We appreciate all the working exactly. working people out there, right? Exactly. <laughs> Except for oh. that one guy that did not actually cheese my pizza correctly. I'm still pretty pissed off about that. Uh, I'm really pissed off oh, wow, one guy in Palermo who wouldn't let me go into the theater to buy popcorn. That's the one dude I don't like. For yeah, day. but dude, you were getting ready to declare. You, you were, you're like, I'm going to run for president of the United States so I can attack Palermo. Yes. What the hell, man? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm not going to get into this. It's the end of the podcast. <laughs> you bought the bag. It was in the damn refrigerator at the hotel. It was fine, and then we. I wanted fresh popcorn, and he wouldn't let me buy we popcorn. Had, we had fabulous Italian food after that, and then he you and then we ate cannolis. We ate so many fucking cannolis. Oh my god! All right, yeah. <laughs> all right everyone, uh, thank you for your episode of the podcast. We'll see you next week. All right, bye bye, everybody. <laughs>